Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss mediocre films. I'm just kidding, masterful films, the first Monday of each month. I am your host, Austin Kelly, joined by my co-host, Big T. Big T, why why do you got to hate on The Last of Us? What's your deal, dude? <laughs> what do you mean, hate on The Last of Us? I asked you about um, watching the show I've been holding this in for a little bit. I can't remember what <laughs> the deal was. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was so excited for you to watch it because I thought you'd really like it. And then you're like, if I'm going to watch a zombie thing, I just want zombies eating other people. Like, such a freaking loser thing to say. <laughs> yeah, a direct quote. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, a- <laughs> listen. What? I have been into the horror genre, like supernatural horror, horror genre in general recently with like the books I've been reading. Okay. And I went into The Last of Us thinking that it was predominantly about zombies. And I did not realize it was like social family drama with some zombies mixed in. Sure. So I think that I went in expecting like World War Z and I didn't Mm. get World War Z zombie content. But... Knowing now that it's got like a lot deeper stuff going on than just like zombies, right? I would give it another try. I just was in a, I w- had different expectations for it. So you haven't even given it another. Did you just watch one episode and then? Nope. Um, I I watched like the <laughs> most of the first episode. You didn't even finish the episode. Oh, that's so upsetting. Look, I was on a plane. Okay. Did you, without spoiling anything, like, did you get to the big, like, sad part? Probably not. Oh I got to God. the part, I didn't really get that far into it. Wow. I got to the part where they escape the city. No, that's like the end of it, right? Escape or escaping? Like, are they in They're the process, like in the of, process of escaping? Yeah. Okay. They didn't encounter like some uh, military dude? Uh, the last thing that I like saw before I skipped around looking for zombie content was. Oh my God. <laughs> Was you learn that, what's the main character, Joel? Yeah. He is like trying to get a, his battery gets sold. And then he and Tess are trying to find another battery or get the money back or whatever. So you did get to the sad part then. What's the sad part? What do you mean? I I got like an hour into the movie. I don't want to say anything else. Because it's still... It, well, it's not a movie. It's a show. Or the episode. It's... Um, it fucking felt like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, they're pretty long episodes. But um, I can't I can't spoil it. But it still takes place before the 20-year you know gap between when it started and what you got to with Tess and the battery and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the... The sad part. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if which... Because there's multiple sad parts in that, right? The ending with the lighter... Isn't <laughs> oh yeah yeah right yeah yeah I know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah but you're yeah, talking yeah. about Joel's original character arc yeah 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 like, I got before to that everything part. happened yeah okay yeah that part was interesting with the old lady running on her like a little dog dude that was weird yeah that was it, so yeah they they made some changes in the in the show like in the video game there's not like the weird tendril things going yeah. out of your mouse and stuff but anyway. Oh man, that's I love how you didn't even finish or whatever. You just you're just like, no, not zombie enough for me. And they're not even supposed to really be zombies. They're like yeah, fungal yeah, infected, whatever. I know. I, I think I'll end up watching it eventually, but like I said, I just okay. was expecting one thing and wasn't getting it, and I was like, 
Sure. I'd, I want to watch something else. And I was on a plane and we had landed, I think, or I don't remember, but... And then, and then here's here's really what like infuriated me. It was like <laughs> you've been still watching it, right? It's like you you watched episode three, and you're like, oh, I've seen enough clips <laughs> online that I've basically watched it, and that was like, oh, you're killing me, dude. <laughs> you're yeah. killing me. But, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Don't worry. Because it's the journey. It's not about the highlights. We're not cliff notesing this this stuff, dude. Well, in my other podcast, that's all we talk about is The Last of Us. <laughs> You're like carrying on this long show about the first 40 minutes of a TV show. Yikes. Yeah. Um that's all right. I'm I'm excited for you to get back into it at some point. You need to let me know because I actually haven't seen the most recent episode, but I've heard it's really that's where the zombie things are apparently going to be kicking off for you. So Yay. don't skip to it though. Maybe I'll just yeah, I'll skip to it. No. I'm <laughs> just kidding. As I was saying that, I'm like, I need to be careful about how I phrase this because he's just going to no. skip right to it. No, I'll watch it. I just, I thought it was going to be more action-y and less like drama-y. Yeah, sure. and And I like drama stuff. I just need to be in the right headspace for it. I have enough drama yeah. in my personal life. Sure. I, I need to be emotionally prepared for television drama. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I think they're doing a great job. Yeah. As a huge fan of the video game, I'm... I, it's really cool because there's a lot of differences between the video game and the show. And I mean, I listen to a lot of video game podcasts when people talk about like video game or like to show or movie adaptations, the the thing that people were getting really frustrated with, I think with the idea of doing The Last of Us as a live action show is like we already have a great video game. We don't need to see that story again. But it's so different that it's actually really cool as a fan of the video game to watch because it's like, oh, wow, they went in a completely different direction than the video game. Yeah. So it's like you get to experience it in a whole new way. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, so check it out. Come on. Come on. I will. I have a lot of TV to watch. It's called Layers of Film. Layers. Really getting into the layers of it. <laughs> and you just want action-y zombies. <laughs> no There's layers. There's plenty of layers to zombie movies and zombie TV shows. Yeah, fine. Societal commentary about the zombies, government inefficiencies and ineffectiveness, corporate oh. greed. Come on, man. Oh. oh, it's cool, though. All right, cool. It's literally, I, I I don't have anything else to say for like this little intro. I just really wanted to pick that, pick, 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 pick the bone. What? A... Pick a bone. I have a bone to pick. I guess you technically yeah. pick a bone, but. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Do you have anything you want to say before we get into it? No. Nothing I can think of. How are you? Cool. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, that's good. I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> good. Went to therapy today. Ooh. I'm all therapized, ready to nice. dive into some deep emotions. Are your eyes bloodshot? You've been crying all Don't day? Don't worry. I, no? I, okay. It was a while ago. The, the tears have been shed, <laughs> and, you know, we're good. Noise. Noise, noise. Let that healing... Uh, flow over you. Thank you, I will. And through you. Hey, speaking of... um, I don't know, going through emotions and stuff. <laughs> hey, let's get into the movie. <laughs> going through emotions and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Before we start... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Continue. Yeah, before we start, let's do Holly Would You Rather. Hollywood. What a natural segue. <laughs> yeah. 
why don't you go ahead and explain the game? I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but give us... <laughs> it's Would You Rather, <laughs> if you couldn't guess from the name, Would You Rather, and I give Austin two scenarios. One is from the movie we just watched. The other situation is from a different movie. Austin has to explain which scenario he would choose, and for bonus points, he can guess what movie it's from, but it's like, whose line is it anywhere where the points do not matter? Yeah, I was going to say, that didn't matter. <laughs> also, beware, because Big T's just going to go ahead and drop in probably things that might spoil other movies for you, so <laughs> just to let you know, there's that, because he spoiled a movie that I, w- I probably wasn't going to watch. I can't remember what it was. The Mist or something? Okay, that movie has been out for... As long as you've been alive, pretty much. I know. It can't Look, be a spoiler if it's 30 years old. <laughs> there's people in this world that set time limits to spoilers, and there's people in this world that don't. And I don't set... I don't really care, though. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I, I usually... I have such a terrible memory anyway that I forget all the spoilers that are always given to me. So yeah. I'll, for, I'll forget whatever's going on. Well, there is technically a spoiler in this list, but it's also an old movie... Okay, all right. So that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Go for it. Austin, Holly, would you rather wade through the puke of a disgusting stink spirit in order to clean it or fight a monster in a trash compactor as it slowly tries to crush you? (laughs) Is that Star Wars A New Hope? Yes, that is. (laughs) It's got to be the puke. It's got to be the puke. Really? Because... You know, I'm not afraid of spiders, but once I don't see them, mm-hmm. then I start getting scared. And in A New Hope, you have no idea where that thing is at any time. That's so, true. And you're probably going to die. There's no way of stopping the yeah. trash compactor. So I feel like... And you're in, you're in murky water, and I don't like yeah. murky water. Yeah, it's terrifying. There's junk yeah. all around. You can step on a needle, someone's heroin needle. Hepatitis. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking terrifying. You got to get screened afterwards. The stink monster. <laughs> oh. Plus, you can get um, magical medicine mud afterwards. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Sorry, just a quick sidetrack. That is actually like, a, I can't remember what it's called. It started with an E, like Emeni or something. That little green thing that was like an Emeni dumpling, which is specifically used like in Japan or something for making people throw up if they've been poisoned or whatever. So that was oh. like a real thing. So it wasn't really medicine. It's like Epicac syrup. Interesting. Yeah, it wasn't medicine. It was It was like... But wait, doesn't she give it to Haku to be healed? Yeah, which is... He throws oh, up the slug. Oh, and then the he throws slug. up. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're and then right. The, yeah, the no-face throws up all of the people yeah. and whatever he's eating. So. Then he becomes docile. Fun fact. Cool. Okay, next one. Holly, would you rather have your parents turn into giant pigs or have your brother's imaginary friend turn into a boogeyman what brother's imaginary oh turn into a boogeyman the only thing that i could think of is don't look under the bed dude is that yeah that's it oh what the disney channel original movie yeah i had a decom (laughs) reference in there for you (laughs) that's awesome turn into a boogeyman or boogie monster Oh, I probably just do the boogie monster because, like, as terrifying as that is, I'm not doing anything to my parents. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's true. just an imaginary friend being turned. But into I feel like the boogie monster like wants to hurt you, whereas your parents don't really want to hurt you. You know? Yeah, but what if you never turn them back into humans? 
I know, that's true. It's, it's terrifying. What if you don't help this... What if you think it is just a stink monster and then you just send him on his way and then you didn't get the the dumpling, the evil dumpling? Yeah, that's yeah, true. But yeah, I, w- I think a, that movie is like legit scary though. It is. It scared the crap out of me when I even... For, for a decom, I think <laughs> yeah. I remember too, they had to discontinue it for a while. Oh, really? Because they played it and a bunch of parents complained to Disney because their kids had nightmares. I, I did get scared of that, dude. So they had to take it off air. Yeah. Because when they start changing, like when the imaginary friends start changing to boogie monsters, like they, I think they get like yellow eyes or glowing eyes or something. Sharp yeah, teeth. sharp teeth and creepy eyes and like and scary huge nails. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. And there's man. a scene where there's like dolls that are possessed or something, and my wife I don't hates remember dolls. That. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So that's, we, we had to like funny. skip that scene, but. Awesome. It, it is a creepy movie for a decom. Very yes. creepy. I want to watch it now. Maybe Do Halloween. It. We watched it for Halloween, yeah, uh, two years ago. Does it hold up in any way? I mean, it's a decom. I don't. I don't go into decoms <laughs> having high <laughs> expectations. Sure. Does but it hold up for a decom? <laughs> yeah, I think for decom for like a Halloween okay. movie, you know, it's kind of a fun little watch. Right, okay, cool. last one. Okay. Holly, would you rather get turned into a giant baby or? <laughs> Stay the same, except you have hot dogs for fingers. What? <laughs> Stay the same, but have hot dogs for fingers. I this bet is, I know this. This is a reference to a movie that I don't know if I've talked to you about it on air, but you and I have talked about this before. Oh my gosh. Does this person start eating their own fingers? <laughs> no. And oh. it's also an Easter egg because I'm probably eventually going to have us watch this movie. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what that is. What's the movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. It's not a spoiler because it's in the previews, so don't come at me. Yeah, I really need to watch that one. It's great. We'll watch it. We'll watch it eventually. What was the the first thing again? Get turned into a giant baby or stay the same except you have hot dogs for fingers. (laughs) Can I turn back? (laughs) Can I turn back from being... Either one sounds terrible. Oh, my... And I would eat my fingers. I would definitely get, I would just randomly munch on it out of nowhere on accident. Dang it. But the baby sounds terrible too. Would I be treated like a baby? Would I be weighted on hand and foot? I don't know. <laughs> oh, shoot. Take it wherever you take it. <laughs> we'll do the ha- We'll do the hot dogs. Oh, okay. See, I think I would do the baby just because <laughs> really? in, that, in that scene we see the three heads that get turned into the baby get to eat a bunch of food. So, yeah, that's true. I would just hope that I get to eat a bunch of food, but being a big baby in real life would not be fun. <laughs> also, having hot dogs for fingers would be horrible, but at least in that universe, the world is made for people with hot dogs for fingers, so it wouldn't be as inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I, it both sound terrible, man. I don't know. <laughs> that's the point of Hollywood You Rather. That's hard. Oh, there man. you go. Hollywood You Rather. Austin wants to have hot dogs for fingers. Have his imaginary friend turn into a boogeyman and clean a spirit demon. My friend's imaginary friend. Your brother's imaginary friend. Oh, brother's. Friend. That's yeah, right. If you're going to yeah, come yeah. at me and not mine. me. Not mine, though. Yeah. So I don't really care Your that brother's much. imaginary friend who you convinced to not believe in the imaginary friend and therefore turned him into the Turn, boogeyman. Uh, it was my fault. Yeah. Oh. You have to live with the guilt of killing a, an imaginary friend. i'm fine with that thank you so much for the game i appreciate it you're welcome it is fun now 
let's get into the episode. And we definitely didn't just splice things around. <laughs> this is a supernatural transition from the ending of the discussion. Neither one of us forgot to do this at the beginning, like we said last time. Neither one of us. Incredible. All right, cool. Let's get to the movie. So, of course, we are covering Spirited Away. Beautiful movie. Released July 20th, 2001. The synopsis is during her family's move to the suburbs. A sullen 10-year-old girl wanders into a world ruled by gods, witches, and spirits, and where humans are changed into beasts. Directed and written by Hayao Miyazaki. I think that's correct. Composed by Joe Hisaishi. <laughs> Yikes. I'm trying. This is ah, oh, this is really annoying. Cause I watched it in the English, you know, dub because I bought it and it didn't give me any other options. I was really hoping to be able to watch it sub, but whatever. But I'm gonna give like the big actors from both the English and the um Japanese voiceover. And I'm probably gonna mess everything up. For English, <laughs> it was Davy or Deve <laughs> Chase, Suzanne Plachette, Miu Irinu, Irino. <laughs> Those are the English or whatever, but I still had a hard time pronouncing the names. <laughs> and then Japanese voiceover was Rumi Hiragi, Miyu Irino. Oh, they did the same person. That's cool. And then Mari Natsuki. The budget was $19.2 million. The box office earnings was $395 million. Damn. Pretty good. Uh, and you can stream it as of the time that we're recording this on HBO Max. Is that where you were able to stream it, Big T? Yes, sir. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Now, I chose this film. Every time you choose the film, you always want me to go first. But it's your turn to go first, Big T. What did you think of the film? I have mixed reactions to this film. Kind of the same, yeah. Yeah. I thought the plot was a little all over the place. Not in a bad way necessarily, but it was a little hard to follow. It didn't have like a really strong through line for me, but love the animation, oh, yeah. love the music, oh, yeah. and I really like a lot of the deep messages that you can pull from this. Like this movie has heart. Oh yeah. And so I think it, it kind of reminds me of my reaction to The Shining, where I was like, the plot's not that good, but... The messaging behind the plot, the cinematography is like phenomenal. And that's kind of how I felt this one. I thought that the plot to this was a little bit more engaging for me individually. Sure. But yeah, the plot is kind of like what's going on here, but it's a fun ride. And I just love a lot of the stuff you can pull from it. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a lot of movies where you can like maybe there's a lot of little like sub messages that they're trying to get across. But there's, you know, a main message that they're trying to give the audience. This one, I was just like, what is the message? I don't quite know what the message is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, that's a little frustrating at times because you don't really know what you're working for. I mean, I guess you do. You want the parents to get, you know, not not be pigs anymore. <laughs> that's I mean, that's like the overall like just yeah. easy, you know, plot, you know, point or whatever. Those are the stakes, right? Like you've been saying in the past few. Those are the stakes. Let's get the pigs. Let's get out of this spirit world. Yeah. But having so many random things go on yeah also creates some kind of weird magical ability to it that's like oh this is so it's just fun and like whimsical and just like yeah you know what i mean it's it's fun to go along cuz a lot of the main plot points aren't directly tied to the overall goal of turning the parents back into humans <laughs> right. right you're getting yeah. like a lot of these seemingly 
supposedly, I guess, subplots of water, like cleaning a stink spirit or (laughs) going to visit Zaniba. Like they don't really seem super related to getting to the parents. But like you said, it kind of gives it this sort of fun, magical immersive experience to it that you're seeing this world beyond the narrative stakes at play yeah yeah. and for me a lot of the time it felt very dreamlike you know i was just like this is like this must have been hayo miyazaki's like this must have been like a billion of his dreams and he's just like let's put all these into a movie and it felt like that a lot of the time and that yeah again like i think that's what really makes it feel magical to me did you see why he made this movie i i saw like it had something to do with a a little girl like a friend of his yeah so he and his friends and their families went on a vacation and there was a like a lot of young women they're like 10 year old girls and stuff in this group of families and he sort of like realized oh i don't really have any there's not a lot of media out there with a strong young female lead and so he decided to make it so oh nice i think that you really you really like feel that though like it's definitely childlike in its approach to the story, which is, I think, really fun and really, it's almost nostalgic, even though oh, yeah. I didn't really like grow up watching a lot of these types of movies, but it, it has like a sense of nostalgia that I can't really place, you know? Yeah. And not only that, I had never seen this movie. So there's not like this deep tie to it of like, oh, I remember when I watched this movie for mm-hmm. the first time in the summer. And- had you ever seen like clips of it or like segments of it at all? Or you literally never watched it? I... I don't think that I've ever seen any part of this movie besides just like the uh, the no face, you know, people get tattoos of that. And, Interesting. And that's pretty much it. But I never knew like what the no face. I still don't really know what the no face is, <laughs> but yeah, or the no face spirit. But yeah, never. But you you last episode, you said that you you'd seen this kind of in bits and pieces, right? Correct. Yeah, it would come on like Cartoon Network every now and then. And so. <laughs> oh, really? I knew kind of like general, not even general plot points, but like kind of characters and that. And maybe that's why it feels nostalgic to me because I'm drawn back to like a really late Saturday or Friday night and you turn on the TV and like this movie's playing. I never really watched it all the way through, but it's like, oh yeah, like it is sort of tangentially attached to my childhood. I don't know. Yeah, for me, I think what really makes it feel nostalgic, I mean, the type of music kind of sounds for just sure. like stuff that I used to hear back in the day. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think. There's like a show that I used to watch called Hamtaro. And so like there's a little bit <laughs> yeah, of the animation, yeah. Yeah, animation kind of quality going on there as well. It's just like I didn't watch a lot of anime, but, you know, like Dragon Ball Z, I would watch and um, Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. But Hamtaro was like the the other one that was maybe a little weird. Oh, What's the, oh, the one with, there's like another anime show that I used to watch that was the, it was like the different girls and then they would Sailor Moon? Sailor Moon. Uh, Sailor Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I did used to watch that. I don't remember anything about that one. Card captors. (laughs) You know what? Now that I think about it, I didn't really like religiously watch any anime stuff, but I feel like I, the only channels that I had growing up were like Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, and Nickelodeon, you know? Sure. And like Cartoon Network and the at least the era that we grew up in, I feel like they played a lot of anime like this. You had mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Hamtaro. I don't know if Hamtaro was... <laughs> I never watched Hamtaro, but yeah, Sailor Moon, Card Captors, like a lot of these animes that were really popular, I would say, when we 
kind of were growing up. So I never really like fully got into them, but I knew enough about them to like have them lodged into my subconscious, you know? (laughs) Yeah, sure. And then I think also another part that makes it nostalgic for me is just like the animation style, the, the, attention to detail of oh just for like the, sure the subtle movements you know the flowing like obviously there's some like background set pieces that don't really move but all the other things that are being animated actively are very fluid in a way and it kind of reminds me of like the old because i grew up more with like you know disney animated films and stuff like that and they just don't make it like they used to you mm-hmm. know just so everything just flowed it felt like it was a part of like a flowing river it's really beautiful it's really really beautiful yeah and and so it's just it's really cool to see a film after watching so many films these days of like frozen and i mean i love i love tangled yeah it's all computer animated type stuff yeah but it's like sharp movements there's nothing really flowy about it and this is just like oh man can't we get back to that it's kind of got like a dreamy quality yes yeah love it I love yeah, it. and there too. I always remember because when we watched Ready or Not, you talked about the intentional part when they're handing the box around the table, and the main character is Grace is like holding the box wrong, and when it pops open, she like has to flip it around. Oh yeah. And I remember you talking about how like, oh yeah, this is like really natural, right? Like that's what would happen in in a real life situation. And I thought about that during this movie because that happens a lot like I think of the scene when she's putting her shoes back on and she like puts them on and then she like taps the top of her shoe to like get her foot wedged in you know yeah yeah. I was like yeah that's like a really specific detail that isn't necessary at all it adds nothing to the to the overall narrative but it's so realistic like that's exactly what would happen you know and so it really does feel like like I said there's a lot of heart to this and you can tell that the people who made it just like really really loved it yeah and that's I think that's part of the reason why like the plot there's a couple of parts because there's something that I know about the plot and all that jazz in the in the creation of the movie and I can get to that at, at some point but like the plot's just kind of all over the place because I think really where Studio Ghibli Ghibli really like shines Ghibli I think yeah Ghibli are those subtle details like my favorite scenes are the ones that didn't really have to do with the plot mm-hmm. you know like I actually loved everything going on in the bathhouse like it was so fun yeah. to watch just like the regular day to day stuff it's alive like yeah, it really yeah. it feels like a real place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so it's just like I think really more of the attention to detail was is was in that and it's like, oh, but we still need to have like a plot. Let's think of mm-hmm. some random stuff that we could just throw in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but let's really pay attention because that's I think that's really why people love this movie so much and why it's rated so highly is because of that that magical, you know, attentive quality to the film. Yeah, you can definitely tell that like the creators just really wanted to make a good animated movie. And it's very, it comes across in the styling and the music. And, you know, one thing that I love about this anime, I don't know if they do this in like current animes and it's sort of become tropey now, but it's like those scenes where the music gets like really, really like heartfelt and intense. And then it's like a close up of the main character's face. And there's usually like a voiceover and like, it's all sparkly. (laughs) Like (laughs) I love seeing moments like that because it's really unique to the genre. You don't really get that in a lot of other genres. And so I just like seeing those bits of like 
culture and subcultural elements really surface in a movie like this. It, it kind of like you were saying, it doesn't feel like sort of this like mass produced thing just to make a lot of money. Like it really is a work of art that people worked really hard on. For sure. Something about the music, like, because I do love the music. I do too. And I, I still have, like, I have the main theme, like, stuck in my head, you know? Like, da, 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 da. So good. But there there are a couple of parts, probably, like, at least for me, maybe it is, like, a cultural thing. Like, maybe I'm just not used to the music being placed in certain ways uh, or in certain places. But the first time that I really noticed it was a little odd to me, and it happens every once in a while, was when the parents are, you know, pigging out on the food and she starts walking away and then you see that long like kind of corridor I guess of like all the different shops and restaurants and all that jazz and then the music gets just so like epic mm-hmm. into me for like no reason yeah. <laughs> like I don't really know like there's nothing really going on she's just walking away <laughs> and then it's just like this epic music like every once in a while it just kind of stands out in this weird way to me yeah. I don't know what the point the only thing that I can think of is maybe that's like a musical way of showing us that there's a change happening to the parents and yeah. they're turning into pigs I don't know I mean I think too like it's a Japanese film and so there's going to be some Japanese media culture elements to it yeah but I really like seeing those when it sort of catches you off guard because Mm. you're like oh yeah this is another culture and a subculture and it's anime right and so I really like those moments because it really brings it um, alive to me yeah yeah, for sure yeah and then I also wanted to point out because you were talking about just like those subtle little things that they thought of that makes it feel more alive one of the things that I really noticed was when Lynn and I guess at that point Sen are working or trying to like clean that big bath before anyone's getting in it and they do the herbal bath and all that stuff and Sen is pulling down on the little rope thing the little handle and then she keeps holding on to it and then Lynn's just like you don't need to hold on to that you know yeah 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 <laughs> and it's just like a fun I don't know. I just I feel like I wouldn't have thought of that. And most people wouldn't have thought to like add that dialogue in there. Yeah. But it just makes it feel like these are real people. And it's like and a kid would be holding on because they think they have to, you know, they've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I think I have to hold on to this thing. And Lynn's like, you don't need to hold on to that. It's fine. Yeah. It makes the characters feel very real. Yeah, yeah. And then also I I loved when Lynn was taking Sen up to U- Ubaba, I believe. And Sen still like on top of that coal pile or whatever it is. And then she starts, you know, getting down nice and carefully, but then slips on like one and then just like struggles back down or like quickly rushes down to the bottom and then, and then runs over to Lynn. I don't know if you really, if that's something that stood out to you, but I just thought it was a cute little touch of, it wasn't just someone, you know, stepping carefully down. It's like she slipped last yeah. second and then caught herself and kept moving. I don't remember. I just remember the scene when she's on the outside of the building and she's like walking really carefully and then the thing breaks and she just like <laughs> slams into the wall. Yeah, which is, I love that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I really like that too. Because yeah. cartoons could get away with stuff. Like she would have died, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would have smashed her face in the wall and been yeah, messed up the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, honestly, I mean, we've talked about the 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 music and the animation and the story and stuff. I think Sen Chihiro is such a lovable character too. Like, mm, yeah, she just is a phenomenal character. Not only her overall character arc, but just her. I just she has so much personality, and she's so real. She's so vivid. 
Yeah. Honestly, so kind of getting into that because she is so real. She she you could really feel her emotions. You could see the struggles. You can mm-hmm. like you, yeah, you could see that character arc. There's probably one character that kind of takes it out for me and and makes it feel more like a anime TV show and they're just like, you know, getting stories out left and right is anything that has to do with Haku. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you felt that same sure. way. No, I agree. It feels so tropey anime, though. It's like, wow, you're right. I am the river spirit, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh Anything, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Um, no, I, I agree with you. Which maybe that's actually the same. I wonder if that's the same voice actor. I don't, Miyu Irino, I, I can't, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> that might be the same voice actor for both. I have no idea. Um, yeah, it is. So yeah, yeah, he voices for both English and and Japanese. So maybe that maybe he's done a lot of voices because every everyone else, at least in the dub version, I don't think a lot of them are really Japanese or not super yeah. Japanese. And so maybe that's why <laughs> he's probably done a lot of anime voiceover. Yeah, because there's a very specific inflection to anime that's yeah. become very tropey. And yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like tone it down, buddy. <laughs> And and his so his storyline was it just felt a little like shoehorned in. I, I agree. I it's like you learn. He's like, I don't remember my name. And you're like, oh, she's gonna find the name for him, and they're gonna get like <laughs> it's gonna be this heartfelt moment, and they're blah, blah, blah. you know, like you already can see how it's gonna unfold the moment you learn that about him. And it didn't matter. Like it didn't <laughs> really matter to anyone. It was actually like a problem because he turned from the dragon into a human and they fell out of the sky <laughs> it was like yeah, right. a problem for them that's yeah i was wondering it's like is he still gonna fly or they're just gonna fall to their deaths i don't know yeah and it's on. weird because he's like not even a real person he's like a river and you're like wait a second they like know each other but they yeah he's not real and there's like this random thing about her falling in the river when she was younger and losing her sh- it's just if i agree with you it feels kind of shoehorned in yeah i mean it maybe would have been better if she had if that if the whole river thing would have been one of the first things we saw in the film, but we just don't see it. They just yeah, they just put it in there for no reason. I guess maybe because he didn't know who he was, and that was kind of you know something that was discussed. But I wasn't invested in knowing. I don't really care who where he's from. I just want I just want um, Chihiro to get back. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. It. it feels kind of like an artificial way for them to build the relationship between the two characters because yeah. they get very invested in each other very quickly and i think it's maybe like Haku even says at some point like oh i've always been with you or something yeah yeah yeah. so like it just kind of and then she's super invested in him when he's like coming back as a dragon and getting attacked and blah 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 but yeah i agree i thought he would have been maybe like a lost brother who died a long time ago or something weird just because kamaji says that he's Chihiro's grandpa or whatever yeah and then like this is my granddaughter and then also I don't think it's meant to be literal but then Zaniba's like you can call me granny and I'm just Mm -hmm. like are these people actually related to her and is Haku gonna end up being like her dead brother or something weird like I don't know that was never discussed but maybe they just bring it in out of nowhere but yeah I guess going back to that question do you think that it was do you think Kamaji was literally Chihiro's grandfather I mean I didn't really I was confused by that too yeah um I don't think so I'm almost wondering if it's like lost in translation oh okay I don't know but it seems more of like mm. uh it seems more like a term of endearment because Zaniba also says you know call me granny or whatever yeah maybe but I will say 
I actually liked that element that they introduced this familial component to Chihiro outside of her parents. Yeah. Because to me, it balances really well with the relationship that Chihiro has with Yubaba. Like, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into this, but Yubaba is all of her relationships are very transactional and they're very much rooted in power dynamics and power differentials. But then you get these characters that don't, I mean, they know Chihiro as well as Yubaba knows Chihiro, but they're like, oh, we're family, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I do kind of like that you get that juxtaposition between these these individuals with Chihiro. Did you feel a little, like, do you think kind of Zaniba's whole little, like that whole little thing where Sen or Chihiro and the no face and the little baby and the the fly thing. I don't even. <laughs> do you think that like did or what? Sorry, what did you think about that little outing where they were at Zaniba's house and just hanging out? <laughs> I personally think that it is integral to the message that I took away from the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because for me it was like. What a weird, deep relationship to have in the span of about, I don't know, 10 hours or maybe, I don't know, three Mm -hmm. hours. I have no idea how long they were actually there. But like when they're getting ready to leave, she's like, I'm going to miss you so much. It's like we've we've only been with her for like five minutes. And you tried to kill her like 40 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Her whole demeanor changed. I don't know what was going on with that. But tell me more about this over like this huge message that you pulled. Yeah. I'm interested to know what you, the message that you took from this. I think that this movie has lots of different messages you can take from it. Lots of different stories, I guess, it's trying to tell. I will say, and this is a disclaimer for you and for our listeners right now. Okay. I am in a very anti-capitalist mood as of late. <laughs> okay. Cool. And so I am seeing the world through an anti-capitalist lens. And this gotcha. movie, to me is like a really good embodiment of the toxicity inherently contained in in capitalism. Sure. Okay. So yeah. I can go on my rant on my soapbox if you want, or we can talk about what you think the movie's about. But I could yeah, I could see that. I mean I guess going even one step or further or deeper is just really the just the idea of greed, I think is is the main thing because obviously Yubaba's, you know, focused on her greed for money and jewels and whatever mm-hmm. she just wants to take, right? And then the at some point, I mean, I guess it's just a bathhouse, really, because it's interesting to see from the no face. He's actually a pretty innocent kind of character, but then once he's involved in that yep. bathhouse, he becomes very greedy and starts eating everyone and yep. eating all the food. He just wants the bath. He wants this. More, more, he wants more. sin. Yeah, more and more and more. And then when he gets, you know, when he vomits everything up and then gets farther away from the bathhouse, then he becomes very childlike again, just kind of like, I'll just go, like, you teach me, man. I'll absorb whatever you got for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think it's definitely a commentary on greed, but beyond just greed as sort of this detached, abstract concept, I think that this movie explores greed and how it exists in societal structures and i would argue that greed is an inherent component to capitalism sure and it is not only necessary for capitalism to function but it requires people to give into their base instincts in regard to greed in order to survive 
Without that bathhouse, she wouldn't have made any new friends because it was through their hardships that they bonded. <laughs> mm. I'm just kidding. It's I do I do think I mean she did build like a family over there. I think yeah, which is I am. Sorry, I'm not like trying to because I I think you're right or whatever. I think that I'm not sure if that was his main focus for the the film or anything like that. Very well could be. I think greed is really the main focus, but I think under kind of yeah i guess like that bathhouse capitalistic kind of structure that really plays the major component in it yeah never mind maybe if i keep going on with just like the family thought it's gonna get really far away from that because it was just something that i thought of while you were talking about that i mean i will say miyazaki was a communist in his oh really younger days yes i don't know i don't know anything about him yeah (laughs) he's made some great films though you know (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that this movie is more than just about greed because you could tell a story about greed without having the structure of the bathhouse. Yeah, sure. The bathhouse is like the focal point of this, and I would say that the bathhouse represents capitalism. Sure. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's something that uh, Miyazaki really. I didn't look into this deep enough, but I wonder if that was something that you know is really ingrained in in him like i don't know like like he had a lot of experiences with bathhouses or whatever maybe he worked in the bathhouse for a little bit i have no idea like i wonder or if that's just that common of a thing over there i don't know i think that they're like a pretty (laughs) traditional element of japanese culture gotcha okay so maybe that's just a really good you know uh, reference point i guess potentially i have no idea but no I, i i do agree with you though i think it's I think the bathhouse is fun to watch, though. Personally, yeah, for sure. I don't know if that's something that you that you enjoyed watching. I, for some reason, it really taps into this part of my brain, you know, like of when you're watching little videos of people cutting kinetic sand. It's like very satisfying, like everything yeah, yeah, going yeah. on, or watching people. Like I, man, my TikTok feed is like feed is flooded with. Just like people doing their jobs, but they're so efficient at it. It's so satisfying to watch, you know, it's like this. Have you, are you on the subreddit? Oddly satisfying. No, I, yeah, I'm not really on Reddit at all, but that's probably a lot of the stuff that I watch on yeah. TikTok probably makes its way over there or vice versa. <laughs> the guy like spinning the water coolers into the container. Stuff. Have you seen <laughs> yeah. That one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that stuff or like just people making like a sandwich and it's just like, oh, you're doing such a great or just making food. Yeah. People are getting really good at that. <laughs> just like the editing, it's so satisfying to watch. Yeah. And so yeah, a lot a lot of the scenes in the bathhouse were really satisfying for me because I well, I mean really because of the attention to detail. It's not yeah. like Chihiro was like really good at her job, but you know, just she's seeing, actually like, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, she's really bad at her job, but just like seeing like she's the, a child, <laughs> the, the 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 daily workflow, I guess, yeah. of just like getting the bath going or whatever. You know, getting your herbal. Actually, I think really the first time that it was fun to watch and oddly satisfying for me to see was in Kamachi Kamachu Kamachi Kamachi's like little. I don't even know what to call his little domain there, but his little um, fr- the boiler room. Yeah, the boiler room, and he's just like grinding away the mm-hmm. herbs and then pouring it in there, and you see all the little yeah, it's very rhythmic. magical soots. Yeah, yeah, and then they're throwing all the coal in and all that stuff, and it's just like it's so like cute to watch. Yeah, he's like <laughs> in the zone. He's got like a a rhythm going for sure. Yeah, and you know what really adds to that 
is his like extra hands just doing stuff mm-hmm. like <laughs> like getting himself a drink of water, going and grabbing the herbs while he's still grinding yeah. up stuff that he's already got in the way. Sorry. Go back to your capital stuff, your capitalistic stuff. <laughs> I just got on a weird little tangent. Anti-capitalist there. rant. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if we if we approach this movie that the bathhouse represents capitalism, I, you kind of asked like what I thought about that sort of outing to Zaniba's cottage, right? And I said it's integral to the film, and the reason I say that is because it is in that moment. That's really the only time that the main characters are outside of the bathhouse together. And that's when you see a lot of character growth or character changes. You already mentioned it. Like, No-Face, when he's in the bathhouse, he becomes this all-consuming, greedy, violent figure that just needs more, doesn't care if he hurts people, is just obsessed with consuming essentially and then he leaves the bathhouse and he becomes very not reserved but like docile very sweet very uh friendly i guess in a way yeah and then i really like the character growth that we see with the i don't know the name the baby and the bird um yobaba yeah that we see because they get transformed into physically different people right they get turned into a little hamster a little hamtaro and a little flying (laughs) fuzz thing i don't know yeah i don't know (laughs) but in the bathhouse that bird creature is very violent and aggressive under yobaba and the baby is literally terrified of everything literally hiding under pillows saying there's germs it's gonna die yada 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 then they leave the bathhouse and they experience a world outside of capitalism in this metaphor and they really come into themselves and they actually end up staying into those transformed bodies because they have found inner peace i guess or they've found sort of um, a sense of comfort and belonging that they didn't they didn't have in the in the capitalist thing and then finally when they return to the bathhouse they in a sense confront yobaba and are able to really come into their own and take back the power that she took from them yeah for sure yeah it makes me wonder though like like i wonder if a lot of it has to do with just like the adulthood i guess aspect of it because i feel like a lot of times like adults can really get caught in a specific cycle and i get in that cycle too because like you want to afford things you earn more money you can afford more things but then you change your lifestyle and now that's your lifestyle yeah and that's your baseline and now you got to Afford you got to get more money to aff- work more to yeah to yeah change up your lifestyle and all that stuff consumerism and that's that's like the way it goes and that's definitely I mean like kids they always want to buy stuff right like it's hard it's hard to save money as a kid but really the only person that's turning especially like with the no face character offering all the gold and all that jazz like all everyone else there is desperate for gold and probably with the idea of being able to get out of that bathhouse finally i mean we see it with lynn she you know one day i'll be able to get out of here and blah 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 you see it with her and so i think a lot of for a lot of people it's like oh my gosh like finally like there's so much gold here i'll be able to you know I'll, i could just make a life anywhere i don't need to be in here yeah. anymore i don't know if it's in their contract to have to stay there though but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i can i can make a new life somewhere and chihiro though on the other hand is like i don't you know she's innocent she i don't need this i don't want this 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I I I just needed the one bath token. You know, that's that's yeah. it, or the herbal token. Like that's it. I I don't need gold. What am I gonna do with gold? I because all I really care about is getting my parents out and Haku. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know, but yeah, I, I think it says a lot about Chihiro's yeah for sure um, innocence and just like her sweet childlike nature. Yeah, no, and I think that you definitely see a lot of these employees who are very greedy in a sense. They're like vying to get all these tips and this gold from no face how much of that is just who they are as individuals and how much of that is them reacting to a capitalist system in which they are fighting to survive and they have to have money in order to escape you know it's like how many of these people would actually even care about gold if it wasn't inherently tied to their ability to live a more fulfilling life you know and you see that in modern day capitalism where like you were saying you have people who are working these like dead-end jobs or jobs that they hate or jobs that you know pay really well but are soul-sucking and why it's because we have been forced to participate in a capitalist system that you either kind of consume things or you are consumed by the system itself and so i just think the bathhouse is inherent as a metaphor for uh, like a social metaphor for capitalism and how it inherently brings out the greediness in people do you think there's any correlation with the bathhouse and like the rest of the spirit world just what i'm saying specifically is like when they get on the train no one else has like any identifying features to them you know every everyone's just got like a black face and there's there's no eyes there's no mouth there's no nothing they're just like a spirit with some clothes on grabbing their duffel bag and all that stuff whereas like and even the people in the restaurants that are serving in the restaurants they're just like you know like these spirits that are also kind of see-through black and all that stuff it's really the only the bathhouse that has like anyone has actual characteristics they're monsters they're weird looking people they have defining characteristics about them yeah do you think maybe this doesn't really have anything to do with capitalism but do you think that some of them may stay there because like they still have characteristics that they're able to or they get to keep their characteristics even though you know they're stuck in this you know, I'm going to be stuck in this bathhouse job for the rest of my life or forever. Are you talking about the employees or the guests? No, the employees. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, that's true. The guests are coming from different places and they have defining characteristics. What do you What do you think is the deal with all those other spirits that have no characteristics to them? <laughs> well, because like when the, when the spirits at the beginning step off of the boat... Once they touch land, then they develop their characteristics, right? Before that, they're just kind of floating masks, right? That's true, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So they really only come into physical or visible existence um, in the bathhouse or like the the island that the bathhouse is on. Gotcha. I wonder if that was just a design choice or if there was any specific reason for that if that was supposed to mean something. I don't know. I to me it just kind of it kind of just adds to the like mysticism i guess like it very much immerses you in like oh this is a like spirit realm you know sure but yeah i don't know i don't know that might speak to like well the idea of like how this movie was made um i said a little bit earlier that i'll get to this i don't know if you saw this but apparently miyazaki's well known for not really having anything figured out and he just they he just starts doing some storyboards basically just throws ideas on the wall and starts storyboarding it out and as they're storyboarding like once he has like kind of a part figured out then they start animating and he doesn't even have everything figured out yet they just start animating and getting going which obviously 
goes into why this just feels kind of like a jumbled, like just random ideas, you know, and random subplots and visuals and stuff like that, because he didn't even have it figured out <laughs> until, you know, until the very end. Because apparently that's like his, that's his design philosophy or let the story tell you what's you. going on. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. That's cool. And I think really enhances the feel of the movie. I think in, yeah, like we've identified, I think certain parts seem very underdeveloped because of that, but, or just shoehorned in. But I wonder, that, I mean, that could very well, what we were talking about a second ago, that could very well be just a, I have this idea. I don't really have why, but we're just going to throw it in because I think the visuals will look great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably a lot of it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's like an interesting approach and it definitely gives the movie a, a different feel to it, right? It feels very dynamic. It feels very alive. And I think that maybe that might be the reason why is because they start animating and telling the story without knowing where the story's going to go. Did you have any favorite characters at all? I think Chihiro is just yeah. a phenomenal character. What about side characters? I liked... Zaniba, only because she serves as the foil to the capitalist system. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. And then, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like all the characters. They're just very unique, you know? Yeah, they got their quirks about them. Yeah. I loved, um, <laughs> which you'll probably disagree. I actually really liked Yubaba. There was just so much personality going on with her. For sure. And the way that she talks, and I, I mean... I guess both Zaniba and Yubaba, but you just see Yubaba most. But like her look, like yeah. her design is just so over the top. And uh, oh man, when the baby's introduced, it's like, oh my gosh, can't imagine like a little baby Yubaba, you know? <laughs> like huge, ginormous features. Yeah. I love it though. It's so fun to watch. Like, yeah, I know, like she's really greedy, but there's also, there's like weird endearing parts to her as well mm -hmm. you know it's 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 like covered in a hard shell i feel like a lot of times i think sometimes like she is or maybe does have a desire to like do a good thing it's just yeah it's like what am i gonna get out of it a lot of times i do want to do i do want to do the right thing but like, you need to do it this way. That's just the only way I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, and her desire to do good things is subsumed by her greed, right? Yeah. And again, that's what capitalist systems do. They pull out those really, I would say, bad parts of human element and reward them. And obviously, how well you know she's making money or how well it seems like the business is going, that changes how she treats Chihiro or Sen mm -hmm. as well. But it always makes me happy to. They're like, it made me happy to see her. Like, oh, said you're the best. <laughs> you're yeah, the best. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they you know, like, like clean yes. the stink spirit and stuff, and it's like a yeah. big teamwork effort. Yeah, yeah. And then like she, yeah, that's true. Like, like for as for as greedy and terrible as she is in a, in a, most aspects, there's still like a, this one positive. A part to her that's like teamwork <laughs> like she'll get in and it's like okay let's pull this thing out you know mm -hmm. which is always fun to watch like when she like 
uh, yeah, when she gets involved and all that stuff and, you know, she greets the guests and all that stuff. It's like, you know, we got to let's let this person in, you know, send, which is terrible. It's like the newest, least experienced person. Send, take care of the stink monster. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously it made for a fun, you know, a fun time and a fun watch. It's like, oh, how she's going to how is she going to deal with this? Because she just barely learned how to operate the bathhouse a second. ago. Yeah. And I think that that's that is like an endearing element to me that like I always like when movies present villains and heroes not as black and white yeah sure and i think you see that with you baba that she's not this like evil overlord she does have some endearing qualities she does have some good qualities but you see how the system in which she is participating is rewarding the prevalence of those negative qualities do you know much about yubaba's design or like the inspiration behind her character Mm -mm. so i looked into it because and the, the other people have said this too. There are some like vaguely, there are some vague hints at some anti-Semitism with her character. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this at first, but I w- wanted to do some research or whatever, because like, I don't know how familiar you are with anti-Semitism in media, but like one of the stereotypical character traits um of anti-semitic characters is like a really big nose mm. um which yubaba's has like a huge nose yeah and then beyond the physical stereotypical character character traits a lot of times anti-semitic characters will be portrayed as like really greedy and really deceptive and really obsessed with money and control and stuff huh. and you definitely see those elements in yubaba's character so i was just kind of like my little radar went off and I was like, I want to know more about you, Baba, you know, before I discuss this movie. But apparently she's based, her character is based off of, I I don't know the name in Japanese, I can't remember, but uh, they're essentially these like mountain witch spirits that have like historically been, like her character design is very faithful to the the Japanese description of like an old crone with like, wrinkles and a big nose and just kind of that very like crone archetype um and they like eat children and stuff oh and it's so it's just like sort of a at least from the research that i did it's like kind of a coincidence that a lot of her features lean towards anti-semitism but it's based off of this like japanese concept of like a mountain witch essentially okay so i I think it's really cool that you have some of those cultural elements like woven pretty seamlessly into the into the the movie And I think, too, kind of going back to what you said earlier about, like, the characters being sort of, like, dark in, like, or sort of, like, shadows off of the island. I I know that this, the the movie is inspired by some, like, Japanese philosophy. I'm not going to proclaim to be an expert, but I wonder if that philosophy sort of Mm. guides some of the animation choices. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, potentially. I I didn't look into that super deeply. I, I... Probably will though. I don't know. It would be. I wonder if there's some good behind the scenes on them animating the film. I would love to actually see some of that process because I don't know. I'm just not really familiar with it. I think it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, I don't know. I just really liked Yubaba, and that's cool to know that it was you know kind of a faithful, I guess, recreation of yeah or depiction, I guess, of like some proper like Japanese lore or whatever you know. So that's yeah, for sure, it's cool. And it's worked in there in a way that's like pretty seamless to people who aren't familiar with the culture, right? You're not like, yeah. wait, what is this? What's going on? I'm so confused. Like, it's just, it's done in a very seamless way. Yeah, I love it. Something about 
the visit to Zaniba. Uh, did you did you notice the little nod to Pixar at all? I don't know. I don't th- With the the lantern in the hat, like going to greet them. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking yeah. like, oh, that reminds me of Pixar, but I couldn't remember the specific scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. yeah, the lamp going out with the hand on the bottom or whatever That's to go right. greet them. That's that was right. a nod. That was a nod to Pixar. And I think the I saw that the movie was executive produced, I think, by John Lasseter, which is, you know, one of the was one of the head honchos over at Pixar. I'm pretty sure he's kind of ousted a little bit <laughs> nowadays, but yeah. Or on the outs, I guess. But so I thought that was a fun little thing because I did notice that too, and I was like, "That's that looks like it's making the same kind of sounds and movements mm-hmm. and all that stuff." Yeah, and then yeah, it, that was confirmed. That's funny. What would you say is like the message of this movie if you had to sum it up in one message? See, that's a weird, hard thing for me because like I just don't feel like there really is a straight message that is trying to tell you. I think the one that's really or I just feel like he wasn't trying to, Hayao Miyazaki was really trying to say something specific. I think there were specific things that he got across. Um, I think greed was probably the one explored the most. But I think a little bit with Chihiro, I think just because like the last line or one of the last lines of the movie was, was like the mom was saying something about like, oh, like we're going to, you know, a new house, new life, whatever. And it's not so scary or something. And, and, or maybe it's a little scary. I can't remember exactly what she says. And then Chihiro is just like, I think I can handle it. So I feel like that was another little message of, of going through a lot of adversity, really Chihiro having to stand on her own two legs a lot of the time. And at the beginning of the movie, she's really timid and shy, you know, scared of everything, scared of everything. And then by the end of the film, she's like, it's all right. Like I can go, even if it's a one way, I'll just take the tracks back on an ocean or whatever, you know, like I know it's not that deep, but still you're just like, you don't know what else is out there. And she's just going to take the tracks back is what she thinks she's going to do after Zaniba's place. She becomes really fearless by the end of the film. And so I, I think there's a little bit of a message of like, you know, you're maybe you're capable of more than you think or I don't know, something like, you know, something yeah. like that. And then obviously there's like a little because the whole river spirit thing, it wasn't a stink spirit. It was a river spirit. And then they pull out the bicycle. It's pollution, you know, like water pollution and stuff like that. That was kind of like a weird thing that I think Miyazaki just kind of threw in there but that's like another little sub message I think like don't pollute the waters I guess I saw that that was actually something that he did do when he was younger he did um go and clean up the oceans or rivers or something <laughs> I, I like, thought that. like he threw a bike into a river or no something. yeah he used to pollute like... all the waters that's what he was his favorite pastime as a kid yeah. but so I think there's that small little message for some reason I can't think of anything else. Yeah, that's kind of, that's one thing that I kind of like about the idea that they sort of just made this movie as the ideas came to them, mm-hmm. because it leaves you with a movie that doesn't have like a, a message that hits you over the head, but it has a message that a message that you're going to take away based on your own experiences and beliefs and values and things. So I do kind of like that. There's room for interpretation in a lot of different ways, you know? And and I think this movie, like, again, with the plot, like, it's just, it's so all over the place. It's not, well, it's not greatly paced, you know? Yeah. Like, there's parts that are, that feel really freaking rushed. 
And then other parts that are just totally taking its time. Mm-hmm. But for someone like me, and I've said it before, like the plot isn't really like the main focus for me. Yeah, I'm paying attention to the you know the visuals, the shots, the in this case the animation, the, the music, music, the performances, and like if I was more of a plot guy, I feel like I would give this movie a lower score. But I'm giving it a higher score. I don't think it's an 8.6 on IMDb. I'm pretty sure that's where it's at. I think it's like a 7, 9, and 8 for the visual aspects alone, really. Yeah. And it does, I mean, man, that's such a a huge focus is just the visual aspects. It's and, beautifully uh, done. It gets me, like for sure. Like I'll, I'll watch, I'm happy to own this movie. Like I'm going to watch this multiple times. If it ever goes away from HBO Max, it doesn't matter to me. I got yeah. it. <laughs> doesn't the food look so good? I was waiting. I was waiting for. I mean, there was. Yeah, it does look super good. But I, I thought that there would be a lot more. But there's not a ton. Um, I think like there's quite I'm, a bit. You have all the food that the parents eat. You have the food that like the no face eats, and you get that a lot of them like pushing food. You get that big. I can't remember what they call it, but the big thing that Chihiro eats that Lynn brings her dumpling. I don't the dumpling. Know. That's a yeah. big dumpling. Yeah, it looks like a big yeah. Smucker's. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I know. That's what I was. I actually have. I have that Uncrustables <laughs> right here, dude. I was gonna eat it at some sponsored point. by Uncrustables. <laughs> Smuckers Uncrustables, so good. Um, I. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of food. I was waiting for. Sorry, when I was picturing like food scenes, I was picturing people shoveling their face in rice and chicken and all that stuff and seeing all the things. And you really get most of that at the beginning with the parents, whereas with No Face, it's just whole eating everything. And so it's not as satisfying for me to watch. (laughs) I just feel like the close-ups on the food, like the food is very detailed. Very true, yeah. And I think in a lot of Miyazaki's films, there's a not a focal point on food, but when food is focused, it's very detailed. And I'm just like, ooh, I want that soup, or ooh, I want that chicken, (laughs) you know? For sure. Yeah, Yeah, and and that is another little like attention to detail when Haku brings her some rice for energy, that was another weird thing. I, I, I cast yeah. a spell on it for energy. Okay, yeah, he's <laughs> like the only one that like does weird magic like that. <laughs> yeah, but you know the little grains of rice that are stuck to her, you know, mouth and stuff as she's eating more and more of it. That was a cute little thing to see. Her facial expressions are so cute too, and you get the the very first uh, taste of that at the beginning when she's looking at the new city through the car, and then she just like sticks her tongue out. It's like this cute little face, you know. It's like, eh, I don't want, I don't want to be here. You yeah, know? really cute. But yeah, a lot of her facial expressions and and body movements are really cute. Like her legs are close together a lot of the time in the beginning of the film. Yeah, the like her body expresses so many of her emotions when she's scared, when she's sad, when she's angry, when she's upset. Like yeah. they do a really good job of animating her in a way that portrays that emotion beyond just her voice or her face. Yeah, and the motor functions aren't going to be as refined or whatever for a kid mm-hmm. as it would be for an adult. So the adults are, they're always, you know, walking straight, everything's good, and then she's like yeah. fumbling around, looking around. Hits her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so cute. Um, yeah, they really capture like the spirit of a 10-year-old. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. so magical. That Yeah, that, that brings in the nostalgia there too. I, I don't know, man. It's yeah. It's a magical film. I I really like this film. It does transport you to the world that it takes place in. Yeah. It's yeah. It's so many visual things to really keep you in there too. I don't have. I don't really have anything else specific to say. What else would you like to discuss? 
Yeah, you know, I don't have a whole lot more. I mean, I could write a whole dissertation on the elements <laughs> of anti-capitalism in this film, but I don't want right. to bore you in the rest of it. <laughs> Was there anything else that you needed to get off your chest about that? or No, I just think that, like, yeah. you see a lot of elements where, you know, like, Yubaba steals people's names to, you know, like, you lose your identity and then you like in this capitalist system and I have felt like that before where I'm like, oh my God, all I do is work, come home, sleep, wake up, right. work, go, you know, like losing a sense of who you are. You have those little like animated soot creatures where the guy, the boiler house guy literally is like, if you stop working, you're going to die. Like, yeah, yeah. very representative of the proletariat workers, you know, who have to work or die in the capitalist system. Like, I just think there's a lot of elements that make a strong argument for this film being anti-capitalist. And I am down with that. You know, I think yeah, even yeah. Haku says like, you either have to work or you get turned into food to be eaten. Like there is a system in place where if you don't provide productive value to the system, then the system literally consumes mm, you. Like true. that to me is incredibly anti-capitalist because that's what happens like a lot of disabled people nowadays who can't add quote-unquote productive value to the workforce they are like treated so poorly under the current system we have you know and so i just think that there's a lot of stuff and i don't think that i'm just interpreting it in my own lens i think that there's a lot yeah of probably evidence. not yeah yeah I, w- I wouldn't think so you brought up the soot characters though um I do want to say I love those little guys. Yeah, they're, they're so cute. cute. They're cute. I like that they team up against the little slug monster. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. That yeah, that was cute. Uh, my favorite part with them was when the one accidentally like is carrying too big of a you know piece and then he gets crushed by it. But then she helps, and then all the rest of them are like, "Oh, I don't have to do anything. I'm gonna yeah. get crushed too, <laughs> and she'll just handle it all." <laughs> it's it cute. was so cute. Yeah, I, I love. And what an interesting idea, too. It's just like this guy, it's like, I want help. I'm going to turn all of these soot, all this soot that's just laying around. I'm going to clean it up, but also turn them into little creatures to do the job for me. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, you know? So I thought that that was, that was like a fun little idea. Yeah, again, like this movie is just riddled with all those fun little ideas. The radish spirit, that was fun. I don't. I wasn't. I did not know what was gonna go on with him. You know, I was like, "Is this a bad guy? Is this a good guy?" That was the character that I was thought was gonna eat <laughs> Chihiro. You know, because he was just focused yeah. on her the whole time. But then I guess he was trying to help. He's so friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you hear about him a little bit later that he's gonna get a nice sulfur bath. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. <laughs> Super cute. Yeah, I love this scene. <laughs> At the very beginning when the dad like turns down the road and he's like, this isn't paved like this can't be the road to our house. And then instead of like approaching it carefully, he just speeds up and goes like 80 miles an hour (laughs) down this super bumpy unpaved road with like super sharp corners and not a good visual. Like I'm like, why are you driving so fast? Yeah, my my only explanation for why because that seems so like i don't know what the point of that was but it was just just like this extra drama for no reason but the only reason i could think of why he was racing 
down that so fast was because there there was a small part that like had kind of a hole in the road so maybe he's thinking like i gotta speed up so i can get past this otherwise we're just gonna fall into a ditch i don't know or the parents like wanting to explore a random tunnel i'm like people yeah let's have some situational awareness here let's not go into creepy tunnels in the middle of abandoned forests like (laughs) right yeah i wonder if that was like a the spirit of greed or something pulling them in because they didn't yeah, I don't know. like the mom was so adamant about like no we need to get to the house and then for some yeah. reason she just kept going along with it and what parents just gonna well I, oh, there's probably plenty of parents but for me i wouldn't see a huge feast all over the place and just i'm just gonna start eating it right now yeah. i don't care we'll pay i'll pay later. for it later so I like I I feel like once they encountered that tunnel, there was some kind of force that was yeah. changing the mind of the parents a little bit. No, I I, I, I think that would make sense. Also, because they really disregard Chihiro's emotions. Like she is very yeah. upset and very scared and like visibly shaking. You know, and they're like, "Oh, it's fine." Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I think don't... it makes sense that there is some sort of spirit of greed or the christmas ghost past of capitalism or whatever <laughs> sure yeah yeah just getting them getting sucked into it yeah that was weird what what do you think about the end cuz they they come out of the tunnel there's leaves there's dust all over their car and then the parents are just like let's go to our new home there's <laughs> yeah. no way like they gave it to a new family by that point right <laughs> doesn't the mom say something like what what kind of prank is this yeah, something. what kind of break is this, right? Obviously, they had it's no like, idea. Let's see Spirited Away 2 when it's like, you've been missing yeah. for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, I know that you paid for the house, but we had to give it to a new family. You never yeah. moved in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just thought that that was funny because obviously it's like it doesn't really matter. It's the end of the film and it's just a cute cartoon anyway. Yeah. But like the logical side of me is just like they just lost a home and they lost they lost like two hundred thousand dollars. You'll be you'll be sleeping in that car now. <laughs> yeah, that is your home now. You 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 might want to clear out the dust yeah, because like, you're gonna have coffee fits. How much time has passed? You know, like <laughs> yeah, who? Yeah, I don't know. I'm like trying to think now. It's like it's like Narnia where you age a whole <laughs> lifetime and then you step out of the closet and you're a ten year old girl again. Chihiro's trying to talk to her friend that gave her that note, and <laughs> she's, she's an old like, lady. <laughs> she's an old lady at that point. It's like a Titanic. She's like, <laughs> or it's like it's like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I don't have anything to say. I think it's like you said, the plot's kind of like whatever, but you don't really watch this for the plot. The design is beautiful. Sure. Music is beautiful. I think there's a lot of messages you can pull from it. Yeah. Overall, a great, great movie. And I think it's a really good anime that can you can kind of like dip your toes into the anime world. Yeah. You know, it's not too... Would you watch it again? Um, I, I would watch it again. I'd have to be in the right mood yeah. for it. But I feel sure. like it's just, it's such a nostalgic piece of media you know if i'm yeah. like oh it's a cozy night and i want to remember my childhood even though i never really watched this in my childhood i'd watch it again i, w- I would definitely watch another miyazaki film for sure oh yeah i really want to watch because i've never seen i said it last time but i've never House moving castle yeah i've never seen house moving castle i also want to watch ponyo i've heard that princess mononoke is is really good although maybe the animation i think i've heard is not as like yeah well just probably because it came first and they got a lot of their, you know, good animation chops in for this film. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. But it was um, their starter home. 
Yeah. I would definitely recommend this film to... Like, I would say you need to watch this film at some point before you die. I think it's totally worth watching. Yeah. Just, yeah, that that magic, that childlike wonder. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to a coworker of mine before I watched this movie. It was like a week or two after we had selected this movie to watch. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I just watched Spirited Away yesterday over the weekend or whatever. I was like, oh, that's so funny. I am uh-huh. going to be watching that movie soon. Nice. Yeah. And what did your coworker think about it? Um, She's like super into anime. So she was like, oh, okay. oh cool. Loved it. Yeah. Lo- loved all the Haku stuff probably because it was so traditional anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But I, I would definitely watch it again. I'd recommend it for sure. Sweet. Well, hey, this is going to be a short episode. Yay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Editing's good. Well, we're not done uh, yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. So anyway, that was Spirited Away. Loved it. Hope you liked it too. Now, let's get into our ending game (laughs) called Layers of Favorites. It's basically just a quick fire would you rather for Big T to answer this or that questions. We got 10 of them. Let's let's blow through these, these suckers. Big T, you ready? Always. Oh, you didn't say I was born ready. That's terrible. That's okay. Whatever. Well, what? Go ahead and say it. Oh, dang it. I messed it up. You were going to say it, but I was probably going to cut it. Um, All right. One, number, number one, single rose or bouquet of roses? Bouquet. Bouquet of roses. Greedy. Wow. <laughs> Just got done talking about greed. I want to feel special. Homemade picnic or eat someone else's feast? Homemade picnic. Yeah, probably me too. I would want to eat the other food, but I would yeah. feel bad if it was someone else's feast. Yeah, that's very true. Parents or pig parents? <laughs> <laughs> parents. Oh, that's a good choice. Abandoned amusement park or spirit world? Mm, spirit world. No way in hell am I going into an abandoned amusement park. I'm not dumb. What if, what if it's just the bathhouse, though? What if it's, that's the only area? Or the spirit world? No, spirit world... Like the, sorry, the uh, yeah, spirit world. no way in hell am I stepping foot into an abandoned amusement park. <laughs> I've seen really? enough horror movies to know how that goes. <laughs> During the day even? No. Interesting. I barely want to go into non-abandoned amusement parks. <laughs> I, I love the idea of like exploring during the day like an abandoned amusement yeah, park. Yeah, well, you also like want to live through a zombie apocalypse, so I don't trust your judgment. <laughs> I trust my judgment. Mm. I trust it. Hey, next one. <laughs> job from Kumaji or Kumaji or job from Yubaba? Uh, job from Yubaba. Why? Because I don't want to be stuck in a boiler room. I already sweat nice. enough as it is. Nice. You thought about it. All right. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to think about the fact that you'd be stuck in a boiler room. All right. Uh, Chihiro or Sen? Chihiro. Nice. Water spirit Haku or dragon Haku? <laughs> dragon Haku. Oh, all right. Real baby or three heads baby? <laughs> <laughs> Three heads, baby. Nice. Yubaba or Zaniba? Zaniba. Yeah, I already know that. Bathhouse no face or Zaniba no face? Zaniba no face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another fun fact. Apparently, the no face was kind of designed after a silkworm. And so mm. he finishes off the his appearance in the film by um, turning silk and all that stuff or whatever it's called. That's Spinning cute. silk. Yeah. So that's a fun little thing. All right, cool. Thanks for playing Layers of Favorites. You answered all of them incorrectly. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You are the weakest link. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, let's get out of here. 
Oh, it was going to be a shorter episode, but we just kept it going, baby. <laughs> but that's all right. Going to be about as long as the last one. Thanks for listening. I got to say it. You really should have watched the film without listening to the whole episode. You really should have watched it. I don't know why you're doing that. I'm just kidding. I'm speaking to the to our tiny little audience that probably just listens to us to support us and never watches. Small but mighty. Mighty? Mm. Yeah, they donate to my Patreon. Oh, what? What? You should be splitting the funds. $1,000 of passive income every month, baby. Wow, look at you. A regular Ubaba over there. Hey, I'm not exploiting anybody. I'm the I'm the person that's trying to pick up all this gold, and you're like, no, it belongs to, it belongs to the bathhouse. Oh yeah, shout out to actually not shout out. Screw that guy who's just like that belongs to the bathhouse. There's the one guy in the background that's like, stop taking the gold. Because like, wow, you dude. know too, he's like such a bootlicker. He's like, look how great I am, you Baba. I saved <laughs> yeah. you. I love you. Piece of piece of junk. And then he steals all of the gold. Great. Well, it all turns to to dirt Dust. anyway. So doesn't matter. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. If you want to support the show, you can rate and review it. Helps out a lot with discoverability, all that jazz. If you want to write into the show, layersoffilmpod at gmail.com. Follow us on the various social media stuff at layersoffilmpod. Never post because I'm bad at it and Big T doesn't care. So <laughs> We like to keep that air of mystery. Will it they, won't w- they? Oh my gosh. Maybe once or twice a year. Who knows? If you follow, you'll know when it happens. That's true. Turn turn on those notifications. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you. We will now be introducing introducing the next film, Big T. What are we watching on April third? We will be watching while discussing the award winning movie that's available on Hulu, I believe. Oh, nice, Parasite. Oh, nice. That's another one of those movies that I've been wanting to watch. You haven't and seen just it? haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, no, I haven't. Well, if you weren't sick of my anti-capitalist ra- <laughs> ramblings from today, get ready, baby. Oh, yes, a whole episode. Where it's explicitly dedicated to anti-capitalism. Is there any cute magical animation? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll I'm let you kidding. be the judge of that. <laughs> Sweet. This is. I'm actually really excited about this one because this is made by Bong Joon-ho or whatever. Yep. Um, And... He has made some pretty cool stuff. What was something he he did everywhere, everything, all, everywhere, all at once, right? Or no? Is that someone else? I do not know. Oh shoot! You he made Google something. It. I think he made. Did he do the train? <laughs> the train one? Snowpiercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer. I've seen that. He made Snowpiercer, right? Yeah, that was actually a pretty cool one. That's another one that I bet <laughs> probably fits right into <laughs> your favorite anti-capitalist uh, stuff. Yeah, baby. Yeah, very good point. That that movie, that's actually pretty cool because I don't know how Parasite is, but a lot of, I feel like, Bonju Ho's, Jun Ho's, what? Am I saying that right? <laughs> I think I'm saying that right. Bong Jun Ho, yeah. A lot of his movies have some really interesting visuals in a way, right? Because like Snowpiercer, I don't want to get super into it, but like there's like the... the, the protein bar thing or the not protein, protein bars you know what I'm, yeah the protein yeah, yeah, bars yeah. and then there's the just the different like aspects of the trains each different one kind of has a different function stuff, for sure yeah, or yeah train cars yeah very um cool. fun concepts to play around with for sure yeah which hey this movie has really fun concepts to to play around with too so this will this will be cool to actually like lead into that movie for sure 
if it if it goes along with what I think Bong Junho's style is. <laughs> but cool, I'm excited. Again, we'll uh, be putting that episode up about Parasite on April third, twenty twenty three. Get ready uh, if you want to watch it beforehand, so you don't get the whole thing spoiled for you. Uh, because we always go into spoilers immediately of that movie and many other movies. <laughs> yeah, and don't get caught off guard. Check that parental guidance section in IMDb so you know what you can handle and what you can't handle. Because mm-hmm. pretty sure that movie is rated R. Could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're definitely there's something that happens that is definitely rated R. I'm excited. <laughs> cool. Or maybe I'm not. I don't know. We'll see. Wow, 96 Metascore, nice. Okay, cool. Love it. Get excited. We appreciate you. Have a great month, and we'll see you next time. Bye.